Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today for a special bonus episode with the founder and director of Novel Education Group, Tiffany Soria. Tiffany discovered her passion for teaching in college when she shared her unique and effective teaching methods with her peers. After seeing the positive impact of her individualized approach to learning, she pursued her love for academics by creating her own successful teaching philosophy that really transformed homeschooling and tutoring programs throughout Southern California. Today, we'll talk about education with intentionality. Specifically, what does purpose look like in the day-to-day? And how can we set our children up for success? What does our role look like as parents? We also talk a bit about devices just being a modern part of society, but how to place boundaries around them when it comes to our children. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to ask how you've been enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. So far, I've heard wonderful feedback and have been really blown away by the positive responses. You guys have been so kind, and I just really appreciate that. All that to say, if you have recently finished or are about to do so, would you do me a huge favor and leave a review on Amazon? It really does help other readers find the book and just prompts the publisher to print more copies to keep it in stock for others that may be looking how to live life with less. So thank you so much in advance for your time with this. I really appreciate it. And I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you to find. Again, thank you to everyone who supports The Minimalist Moms by listening, leaving rating and reviews on iTunes, following along on social media, commenting on social media, direct messaging me and having conversations on there, which I love doing. I owe it all to you and thank you for being here. And now for my conversation with Tiffany. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining me on The Minimalist Moms podcast. Of course, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to talk to you too. I, I'm curious about some of your life experiences that you've had and how you'll bring that into our conversation today. And before I divulge too much information, I'm just going to allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Uh, yes. Hi. So my name is Tiffany Soria and I'm the CEO and founder of Novel Education Group. We are a homeschooling, uh, private tutoring, academic enrichment agency. We focus a lot on sort of minimizing what a lot of us like to call the busy work of school. It's kind of funny because I guess it can be a little bit of a, a conundrum because we do have parents that reach out to us for academic enrichment, but it's for the opposite reason of adding something to, to you know, everyday hecticness of life. And it's just what they do want to add is quality efficient education versus just all these unnecessary things that I think a lot of people are feeling because of COVID and because of what we've had to now face, you know, and it's like, I think a lot of people have cut out a lot of things. I actually really don't need this. And so seeing how that's played out in education has been really interesting. Absolutely. And then do you consider yourself a minimalist? I mean, yes and no. I think definitely the past year, I I would cons- I I think to a true minimalist, no. <laughs> but in terms of the last year and like getting rid of things that I don't need, and also just keeping everything on a much smaller scale, and the idea of putting on any type of production for any 
part of my life just feels very unnecessary. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, I don't know. I think that you can be minimalist in many areas. And I mean, I talk about this all the time on the show, but maybe you're not as big into decluttering and living with less in your home and more in your schedule and your mindset and what you're doing in your day to day. And I honestly think sometimes that can be more beneficial. I always say it starts in your mind first and you have to get your mind right in order to pursue the decluttering of the home. So you're at least at Absolutely. that point. Yeah. It's also one of those things too, where it's like, you know, we're not really going anywhere. The 25 dresses I have in my closet, I'm just like, do I really need them? <laughs> you know, like going through all of that and like what life is going to look like moving forward. I think a lot of people are reevaluating the things that they need and the things that they want. Mm-hmm. And that has become one in the same now, which I think is really, really great. Yeah, absolutely. There has been... There's been a lot of bad that's come out of the last year, obviously, but I do think for a lot of us too, it has been a time of reflection and seeing what we really want in life. And I've definitely realized that I could live a lot less of a fast paced life and a much slower life than I ever thought prior to this. Even, even things being open now, I'm just kind of like content being cozy and at home, but it's also winter here. So I might feel differently in the summer, but yeah. Right. That's true. That's true. But it's also like, it's one of those things too, where it's just like I was saying before with parents reaching out about academic enrichment programs, Mm -hmm. it's not because of the idea that they want to like pack their kids schedule with things to do. Mm -hmm. It's because what they feel like they're getting out of education currently is like, I'm on, they're on, their kids are on zoom for six or seven hours a day and they still feel empty. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so it's not about just minimizing in general so that we are just cutting things out, but it's just, I guess a, an analogy for this would be like, I always try and think of this one in terms of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't think about what I can exclude, but what I can include that is going to benefit my body. And so in terms of education, I think that's where a lot of these parents are coming from in terms of adding things. It's not so much like, okay, if we want to minimize, let's just cut out school this year. It's really like, what can we add so that the time that they are spending on Zoom um, with technology is beneficial? Mm -hmm. And then And I mean, that itself is a bit of a, you know, is like a minimalist standpoint because it's like, I just want to do the things that I know are really important and I know that are really going to benefit them. Yeah, absolutely. And that was a great segue into our conversation. I think that I'm going to call this episode education with purpose. So what does purpose look like in the day to day? And again, a lot of us are having to shift what education looks like for our children just because they have been at home. I'm not sure what it's going to look like moving forward in a lot of different areas, but yeah, what does purpose look like in the day to day? The word purpose is such a huge word when it comes to education, because we try and bring it up constantly because I think it's really, really easy for kids and for Mm -hmm. students to lose their sense of purpose when they're going through like the daily day-to-day grind of, I mean, not just students, all of us to lose their sense of purpose when they're, when they're doing their like day-to-day grind of stuff. Right. So our goal constantly when we're working with our students is to create that sense of purpose in what they're doing. Honestly, right now, probably February, March, April is like a time when a lot of students start to get fatigue. They start to get fatigued because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And it's our job as educators and as their tutors and as their mentors to help them find purpose in what they're doing and apply that purpose every day, or at least remind them of that purpose every day. So they know that there is a forest through these trees Mm -hmm. and there is a bigger picture that they're working towards. Because I mean, I've always been a huge believer that you can't have longevity without purpose Mm -hmm. when you start any type of project, whether, you know, whether, I mean, it can be from the smallest thing to starting an entire business. It's like that business that you start needs to have purpose at the end of it, or else you're, you know, you're on that hamster wheel again, that we all want to try to avoid. Yeah, absolutely. And my next question for you was going to be, how can we set them up for success? Like what does our role look like in that? And you've kind of described it a little bit, but is there any more detail that you wanted to go into on how we can actually, what does our role look like? Yes. We set them up for we help them find their purpose in the day-to-day, but also what does that mean practically? How can we apply that? Right. You know, number one, I think defining success for our for students is extremely important. What does success mean to them? Now, to sort of give some practical advice on how on how to build this, I cannot underscore enough how important extracurricular activities are. I really can't. I think it has been the way and it has been the traditional way to say you can play your guitar after you've done your schoolwork. And I, we at Novel are really in the business of saying your guitar is part of your schoolwork because that really gives them the sense of purpose. And that really gives them the sense of success and who knows what they're going to do with that guitar later. Right. Mm -hmm. Also, I will say too, from a, from an extremely practical standpoint of college admissions, if that's sort of what your goal is at the end of all this, I mean, this is like a very common thing. It's just like, what are you going to do when you go to college, you know, type of thing. And number one, college is not for everyone. Okay. It's absolutely okay. If you don't have plans for college later on in your life at that point too, then your extracurriculars are really going to come into play. But even so for college admissions, you know, obviously grades are important. Test scores are important, but what's really makes students stand out are what they've done outside of school. So if if there's anything I can tell parents, it's like, if your child, if your seven-year-old has a knack for, I don't know, Legos, building anything, get them into architecture, get them to read architecture books, really develop what that thing is that's going to define them that's outside of getting straight A's in school, because that can always be worked on. There's tutors that can help with that. Colleges will look and more and more we're seeing students with non 4.0s beat out the students with the 4.0s because of what they've done outside of school. So if there's any sort of practical advice that you can apply today, it's to encourage your kids extracurricular activities. Yeah, a hundred percent. So what about parents of younger kids? I absolutely agree with you. And I think that college, college isn't for everyone. I did go to college, but like this podcast and just the ability to the opportunity that I've had to kind of build this and learn on my own and teach myself garage band and teach myself how to do all of this stuff. And that is not something that could necessarily be taught in a classroom just because it is the hands-on experience that I'm getting. And I've been able to build this little brand around this. So not to like 
put myself out there or whatnot. No, I think but. it's great. And that's exact, but that's exactly the things that I think people want to hear mm-hmm. that you're doing because then it makes them feel like they can do it too. Yeah. You know, so that's all, that's great. Yeah. But uh, so that said, I want to encourage high school kids and my kids to pursue like YouTube videos or like you said, getting their hands dirty and actually being out in like an architecture type environment, whatever, however I can set them up for success. But what does that look like for little kids? Um, Because I'm the mother, my oldest is six. So how can I be purposeful with education with her and then her little brother who's three? We work with kids as young as pre-K. So we do pre-K all the way. In fact, you know, most of our clientele are are younger kids and we have this exact question. We have parents that call in and say, okay, so my daughter's in first grade. She's obsessed with Star Wars, Mm -hmm. um, but she's also kind of struggling with reading. You know, usually what they'll say first is she's struggling with reading. She's in first grade and she's struggling with reading. And we're like, okay, cool. My next question to that is always, okay, what is she into? What is she really into right now? What's the thing that you have to pull her away from so that she practices her reading? And then they say, oh, Star Wars. She's obsessed with Star Wars or she's obsessed with cooking or anything. My Little Pony, anything. What we've done is we've designed reading programs and we've designed phonics programs that are based around the passions and interests of kids. So in a way, it kind of like tricks them into learning. I mean, I don't like to like always use that terminology, but before they even know it, they're having a great time and they're better at reading and they haven't, they don't even realize that they've done any work. So it's like dissolving that line and the dichotomy between what's fun and what's educational, putting them together. And then suddenly they have like this whole new respect for learning, which will really set them up for being successful in school as they get older. So reaching out to us, we have lots, we have lots of academic enrichment programs for, um, for like elementary school kids that focus on these exact things. Um, we have like a my city program where kids who really like to build can sort of make their own cities from scratch. They learn about architecture. They learn about city planning, things like that. Um, we have something called my castle where they get to build their own castle. If they get to be really whimsical, we have a restaurant program for kids that like to cook. They get to learn how to read and they get to learn a bit of a little bit of math because they design a menu, things like that. Um, I think these are sort of the new ways that kids are going to be learning and that kids want to learn. You know, they don't want to see addition things on a chalkboard anymore. They want to be creative. Mm -hmm. And so if we can modernize education a little bit to play to those things, and I think that overall students are going to have just more respect for education, more respect for learning, which is, I think is what we all want. Um, It's somewhat of a more I think it's called Montessori. Is that the word? Yeah. 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 I think that that really is taking off people, especially with COVID and people taking their kids outside to learn, or if you're counting rocks or, Hey, let's go count the birds. And again, it's just little silly things like this that are that is learning. You are teaching. That is absolutely learning. And Montessori is amazing. It's amazing. It's really, you know, and and I agree with you. I think parents are really starting to get into this type of learning that's just applicable and not just like sitting in a classroom. It feels tangible. I think that kids and parents are really into the idea of them touching things and not just looking at things. The one thing I have to say about Montessori Sometimes I do feel like once kids get to fifth grade and we get, we get these calls too, 
we get a parent that says, okay, so they've been in Montessori and my daughter or son is, is amazing. And they've really learned how to be at one with their surroundings and work in groups and so on and so forth. But their actual levels, I'm worried about them now going into sixth grade, their actual levels of reading are a bit lower than what we would like them to be. Mm-hmm. So we're really trying to work to get you know, a little bit of the traditional stuff with a little bit of the Montessori type learning, learning accountability, and also like being in touch with what's going on in the rest of the world in terms of education is what our goal is. Yeah. So, you know, we want them to be right on par, if not ahead of their peers, having learned those things through, through like a creative way. Yeah. And I mean, reading really, I don't want to say it's everything, but it really is everything. I mean, even during (laughs) COVID, the thing that my daughter's kindergarten teachers have said is if you can just read, just read to your kids, they will benefit from it so much and blown away at how much of an impact just daily reading to your kids and engaging them in that way. And I know my daughter, she's, um, she's doing pretty good. She's six and she's really Uh, yeah, I'm really impressed by her reading, but she loves to read her princess books. And so I'm like, whatever, if you want to read these princess books, sound out those words, that's great because it's getting you to do it. Totally. I mean that I could not agree more. It's the, what matters is that they're reading. There's so many different ways you can read the old way of doing it, you know, is this is what's in the curriculum. This is what you have to read And, and students don't like that. Before I started novel, I was like a full-time homeschooling teacher, full-time tutor. And I think I've like reread every single high school book that we've had that we had in high school. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, some of them are actually really great, but some of them are so boring. And I'm like, why would a 15-year-old ever care about this book? It has to matter in their lives somehow, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's so it's like letting them choose what to read while still challenging them, but also getting a little bit creative with it. You know, maybe try turning on the subtitles during a movie or something like that. Turn off the sound for half of it and just make them read the subtitles. See how that works. Or another thing that's become really popular that I think is so great are little virtual book clubs. Get your kids and a couple of their friends together and do a book club together with the Harry Potter series or the Babysitter's Club series or something like that. We've, we've done a couple of book clubs at Novel and like these kids move faster than the program. They're like, okay, we're on chapter two. And all the girls are like, oh no, we've already read, we're up to chapter four. And that never happens. I mean, that just never happens. And so it's amazing when, when you add an element of fun and creativity to these things and then let them read the things that they want. Mm-hmm. Then they then they're reading, and you're right. Reading is honestly everything. Mm-hmm. Super super important for fundamental skills when they're younger. Yeah, I love that you said that because that's so purposeful in starting a virtual book club or a book club face to face. And mm-hmm. if that seems overwhelming for someone that's listening. If that's too overwhelming for your schedule. Like gather a couple other moms and maybe take turns on hosting, or just you guys can unite and figure it out. I don't think that that takes too much time to be intentional. And that's kind of what we're talking about. How can we cut down on the amount of time, stress, and just everything that comes along with learning at home, education at home, and encouragement at home? I want to touch on one last thing before we kind of wrap things up here. But you mentioned something a little bit 
earlier about devices and yeah, devices are a part of this modern society we're living in. And especially during COVID people have been on their zoom calls, maybe up to six hours a day, but what I gosh, I, it's hard to say because right now people are still in this COVID time, but what do boundaries, I guess, look like, what type of boundaries do you place around them outside of COVID? We'll talk outside of COVID. What does that look like? Right. Like in terms of what, what sort of interaction they have with their. Yeah. Cause I don't, I definitely screens can be great. Absolutely. But yeah. also I don't want it to be the go-to and just what is education with purpose look like with boundaries? Yeah. I mean, we get a lot too. It's just like focus on their hobbies and then the parents will just be like, but the hobby is to just play video games for eight hours a day. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't want that to be mm-hmm. the, the, the hobby. So yeah. you got to get a little creative and spin and spin something around it. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you have a 14 year old girl who just happens to be in love with TikTok and just all they do is just scroll through TikTok and trust me, I get how addicting TikTok is. But what I would encourage them to do at that point is literally make TikTok videos. I think at this point, look, social media is not going anywhere. In fact, it's probably only growing mm-hmm. and rather than, and we can get creative with it. And social media is actually incredibly creative. Yeah. Editing photos, making videos, finding a theme for an Instagram page. Those are all really, really valuable things that we can be teaching our kids. But if it were my daughter who was really in, was just like too much screen time with the TikTok and all that, I'd be like, okay, you know what? You can get back on it and watch if you make five of your own videos that are substantial and that are like around some type of theme. Hmm. That's what I would sort of do to like play on that. The task that they have to do is related to the thing that they happen to be obsessed with that's on a device, Mm -hmm. but then they can like get something out of it. Fortnite, for example, was huge Mm -hmm. last year, Um, probably continues to still be huge, but it's hard with that because a lot of students that we spoke with where their thing was Fortnite was unfortunately that was their way of social interaction was Mm -hmm. through Fortnite. And I don't ever like to force really introverted kids into like an extroverted situation mm-hmm. if they feel like they have a lot of friends on their device I completely get it however you know we don't want them to rely on that mm-hmm. um so once again I would spin something something creative in there where it's just like okay if you could create your own video game mm-hmm. and there are absolutely video game design coding programs that you can sign your kids up for like a yeah. local parks and rec. I I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I feel like last summer I saw courses like that at the parks and rec yeah. that were very inexpensive. Yeah. They're inexpensive. They're approachable. And they're just such a great way to apply something that they're already into to, to their day so that you feel like it's actually being productive for them. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You know? yeah. I love that you said that because <laughs> I'll just be honest. I'm sure that there are people listening that are like, no, I could never do that. Like never tell my kid to spend more time on TikTok. But there, I think that's a great idea. It needs to be said. I'm glad you said it. And (laughs) I think it's a great way to actually engage them. Like that's the thing. You're right. Technology is not going away and you can put as many boundaries around it as you want, but they're still going to find a way. And they're they are on screens, even at school. I know my husband's school, they have iPads in the classroom or they used to have those. Do you remember those Apple computers that were colorful and they were like the big box Apple computers? Absolutely remember those. All (laughs) too well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was playing the Oregon Trail in my elementary 
classroom. So yes, I'm from Oregon too. So it was all like, yeah, I, I remember this. I remember this. Yeah. So I think maybe the boundaries could go along with being creative or writing or yeah, I don't know anything really about Fortnite. I'm familiar with the name, but like, could you write a story about it? Could you write fan fiction of a story yeah. that you like just something like that to be creative? So I'm glad that you said that because I don't think that technology is going away, but how can we leverage, use leverage? Exactly. To- yeah. yeah. I'm like, look, I just don't think it is in our favor as the adults, as the parents mm-hmm. to be like, put away that TikTok. You know, it's just like, they're just going to find another way to do it. And then on top of that, they're just going to sneak around and then it's going to become this negative thing. Mm-hmm. And un, I mean, maybe not unfortunately, but maybe for some parents, they think, unfortunately, it's like these things are here to stay. When TikTok's done, there's going to be another something talk that's going to be around that everyone's going to be. We can't shun these things. We really just have to try and use them to our advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and put uh, the boundaries around maybe the times of like, Hey, we're at dinner. We're not doing this. Hey, you haven't done your homework. We're not doing this now. Put, I don't know. Again, I don't have a teenager, so it's a lot easier for me to be like, yeah, put parental boundaries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I understand that it's just going to be very tricky and tough to navigate. So hopefully you and I have inspired at least something with education with purpose. That's our whole intent here. So Yeah. And like, and just like what you're saying too, the actual boundaries of like, Hey, it's dinner time. Like, let's just not be on our phones. That's just like a general respect thing for the other people that are around you. So I think when you're asked, when you're like trying to ask yourself of just sort of like, what is a good boundary and what's bad boundary? You know, it's like, if the, if the good, if you can introduce something to them that's adding to their lives, and Mm -hmm. then I think that that's a good thing. And it's okay for them to be looking at Instagram and TikTok and all of that for, for inspiration. But yes, when it comes to the point of like being around other people, we're having face-to-face time right now. At that point, it's absolutely totally okay. Just like it is with anyone. It doesn't even have to be TikTok. It would be the same thing as a, as a mother or a father checking their emails during dinner. That's also, that would be also be something that would be considered hopefully negative in, in that same environment. So, you know, it's like kids are really, students and kids are just really, really smart. These days, they're really, I mean, information is just at the snap of a finger. So we can't, as much as sometimes I think we want to, we really can't stop that wave. Mm -hmm. And we have to find a way to leverage it, to make it work for, for us and make it work for our kids. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are starting to hit the like 30 minute mark. So I'm going to ask you, where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Um, so you can always go to our website, noveleducationgroup.com, email us directly at info at noveleducationgroup.com. Also our Instagram, DM us. It's a great way. Novel Education Group. And, um, and then my personal Instagram is, uh, Tiffany Soria. Any general questions, any suggestions? I love reading about what parents are looking for. I love reading about challenges, that parents are having Mm -hmm. uh, with their kids or what they would like to see more of in the education system. Mm -hmm. Um, All these are all discussions I love to have and how we can sort of like break down the barriers of traditional education. Um, So please feel free to reach out at, at any point. Great. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. This was wonderful. And I hope that people reach out to you and I just appreciate your time today. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. This is really great. This is really great. Always, always love chatting about education, you know, minimalism, all of that, how we can make everything just more purposeful. So thanks. I really appreciate your time too. What did you think of this conversation with Tiffany? One of my favorite things that she talked about was if your child really loves to play with Legos, maybe consider putting them in an architecture class or a builder's class. What's coming to mind for me is the Saturday morning classes at, I think it's Home Depot, and I'm fairly certain that they're free. This was all pre-COVID, but I'm going to look into that. <laughs> My son loves to build. But yeah, I think just thinking outside the box can be so beneficial to learning and creativity. It really mixes up the way that most kids are learning, and I love getting dirty. I love... The idea of if your children are older and they are into Fortnite, really using that to be a starting point for creativity. There's so much to be said here, and there will be so much to be shared here in the future as I have more guests coming on talking about Montessori, learning, homeschooling, and other ways that we can just be up a pivotal role, a crucial role in our children's education, which I think is really important. And I, I think that even if we're not their main teacher, just having our support is really critical and something I'm very passionate about. So what do you think about this conversation? I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.